Welcome to What's That About? This week we're discussing superstitions. that I actually do not have a single superstition. Like, there's nothing that I do that you consider superstitious, mm. except when I went back to when I was a teenager and when I was playing cricket, I used to do something superstitious. A sporting superstition. A sporting superstition. What did you do? Do you remember in, like, in cricket? I was never very good at cricket, but occasionally I would do something phenomenal. Mm. Couldn't bat, couldn't bowl... But then occasionally I'll just do a catch that was just the freakiest, freakiest catch you've ever seen. Yeah. Well, one day I, on the one match, I hit six fours in a row, took three wickets for four runs and took a catch that was just a screamer. So from that game on, the underpants I was wearing on that day, I kept on wearing those undies every Saturday for cricket. Really? And how many... After how many disappointing performances did you decide to abandon the uh, superstition? I think I've still got them. It's a- <laughs> I think I've still got them. You're ready and waiting for the next cricket game. Yeah. <laughs> it gets to, They are very, very worn down to the point that sometimes I get out of the shower and accidentally put on a pair of cobwebs. Like it's... Uh, <laughs> they're my lucky undies. Very good. Um, but we should probably define our terms here. Do you have a, a good definition of a superstition? Yeah, yeah. So, a superstition is a belief or notion not based on reason or knowledge in or of the significance of a particular thing, circumstance, or occurrence. Now, in or of... <laughs> can, I, can I provide a, uh, the layperson definition of that? <laughs> Go for it. So, it's a belief that future events will be influenced by something you do when there's no logical reason why that would happen. In or of logical reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so and you said you have no superstitions yourself. Yeah, not that I can think of. My wife does this thing where everything has to be an even number. So I think that's are, called OCD. This, this is one of the distinctions <laughs> we might have to tease apart. Yeah. Um, if, she, if you're cheesing a glass of wine, it has to be two chinks. Oh, really? Like and what happens if you... Even. Do you ever just do one chink and then run away? Yeah, I'll do the... the <laughs> I'll do the one chink and she'll be like, Haha, give me a second chink. Like, really? it's very... Uh, really? Very... And what's her reasoning for it? I think she just is more comfortable when there's things in pairs than when there are odd things to the point where if she's if she stumbles across a loose kind of M&M at the end of the packet and there's only one of them, She'll bite it in half to have two. She loves really? It. She loves it. She loves the even things. I'm calling having no psychological knowledge. I'm calling OCD on that one. <laughs> <laughs> As a label. <laughs> so, Luke, do you know why people have superstitions? Yeah. So the main driver seems to be people just want some control or some certainty. Like as humans, we are terrible at tolerating uncertainty. It makes us kind of wig out. So. You essentially there's a conditioning process where you will randomly do something which will be associated with a good outcome and you'll then you'll link those two things together and you'll keep doing it even when um, it's it's not really you know having an effect anymore. It's kinda of like when you go to the poker machines and you don't have to win every time, but just occasionally your little random ritual of you know, you have to wear the certain watch when you do a presentation 
when you nail the presentation, it kind of reinforces the idea that the watch is kind of involved in that. So mm. it's it's kind of a conditioning process that's related to the fact that we hate uncertainty is the main the main reason for it. Yeah, I found the same thing. I read an article about from some guy who said that it's all yeah, as you said, it's more about wanting more control and more certainty, and that uh, sometimes the creation of a false certainty is better than no certainty at all. Oh, that is a really good quote. Mm. And he exactly also said it. he also said in terms of if it's to do with behavior like if it's just blind luck there's not much they can do about it but if there's something about behavior uh, superstition can have almost like a placebo effect where you might act more confident than you otherwise would um the power of belief absolutely and um, i'm imagining that you read that study where when people were given a golf ball and they said when the experimenter handed over the golf ball they said they either said to half the people this ball's been very lucky today or to the other half of the people you know, it's now your turn to putt. And those that were given the lucky ball actually performed better in putting than the other group. I didn't read that. That's very interesting. Yeah. So it's like the genuine kind of, you know, I guess it's a, it's a placebo effect all over again. And then the another study asked people to bring along a lucky charm, like the rabbit's foot or the four-leaf clover or, or something. Mm. And the people that had their lucky charm taken away from them before the the test, I can't remember what the actual experiment was about but this performance task those that had it taken away did worse than people that got to keep their lucky charm this it really is tied very much into the placebo effect so they reckon about 50 percent of people consider themselves somewhat superstitious or very superstitious and about so 13 percent of people wouldn't feel comfortable staying on the 13th floor of a hotel so it's it's fairly fairly pervasive this it is i'm still and i work in a hospital and there's no theatre 13. There's a 12 and there's a 14. There's no 13. Really? I just struggle to understand how in this day and age they still go on with this kind of malarkey. Particularly in a hospital where it's a scientific institute. Well, that's right, supposedly. <laughs> um, did you look into the backstories of any superstitions in particular? Yeah, I looked into a few of them. So, walking under a ladder. So, apparently the shape of an open ladder, which is a triangle... Uh, signifies life in some mythology. So when you walk through the triangle, it's thought that you tempt the fates and you run the risk of awakening spirits that live within the triangle, including evil spirits who may not be happy with the disturbance. Have you ever been in a situation where it's been more convenient to walk under the ladder than around it? I have. Yeah, yeah. Have you? Um, I've never felt the need to walk under a ladder. Superstitious. (laughs) (laughs) I have. There was one massive ladder going over... Like, there's some guy high up in a building. And people were actually avoiding it. I did it just to make a point. Yeah, whatever, man. You went under <laughs> it like a massive rebel. Yeah. That's as, much, that's as rebellious as I get. <laughs> Breaking a mirror, I guess, is another common superstition. Mm. Um, so, I think the ancient Romans believed that human life renewed itself every seven years. And because a reflection in a mirror was considered someone's soul at those times... If you smashed the mirror, you shattered their soul and they had to wait seven years to kind of, I guess, renew their life. Does anyone believe that? I don't know. That's almost forgotten now, isn't it, that one? It's a classic, but... Yeah, again, I don't think anyone does it. Um, Yeah, opening an umbrella indoors. Yeah, what was was the reason for that? It's just ridiculous. Again, when the umbrella is opened inside, out of the way of the sun's rays, it offends the sun god. That's one belief. By opening the umbrella when you weren't meant to, the sun god's like, you don't need to, I'm deeply offended. Yeah, basically. 
Very sensitive sun god, though. Very low Very self-esteem. Sensitive. He's got some issues. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know one that D does actually happens a lot to this day was for our wedding, we were given some knives. And people, we got given a couple of different knives, like a big set and then like a single knife. People add a coin in with the knife because apparently the superstition is it's bad luck to give a blade within a friendship because it can kind of sever the friendship. So if you put a coin in it, there's two reasons. One is it was originally a penny and a penny is good luck. So it kind of minimizes the harm. Or the other thing is you give them a coin which they're meant to give back to you. So technically you haven't gifted the knife. You've purchased it and therefore it's okay to give a knife. So they actually put the coin in with the knife. Yeah, we just like it was, it was four years ago. Some of the people That's that weird. got us the knife, great mm. set of knives, um, put in, <laughs> put in like a little ten cent coin. And did you give and it I back? Did, no, I didn't know what was going on. I nah, thought it must have fallen in there. You stole those thought, knives, buddy. You're a thief. It? You're a thief. You stole <laughs> the knife. <laughs> I was like, I thought it was like a top up thing. I thought it was that was a skimpy present. So they tried to top it up with some coin, <laughs> yeah. but they only put ten cents. In. Couldn't put anything in the wishing well. So here's a little <laughs> contribution. <laughs> You know, that's the kind of thing that our mum would do because she's famous. She She's living in, like, the 50s still. So, when the window washers come to wash her window, she only gives them 10 cents and thinks it's, it's, it's a just payment for her, her goods or services. Um, can I test a a wishing well joke on you for a minute? Mm. I was an MC at a wedding probably a good 12 to 18 months ago. And I, I bombed pretty badly. And I, to this day, walk around repeating some of the jokes thinking, that's all right. That was all right. Why did that not go down better? Okay, well, give us your best joke that bombed. Well, that's probably my best one. I can't remember all of them. But there was just a little, uh, little gentle opener around when telling people where the, you know, the toilets were and whatnot. I said that, you know, the... The toilets are, you know, at this side of the building, um, and the wishing well is uh, on the, here on the dance floor. Please do not get the uh, the two mixed up. Was like the first little <laughs> titter, and then the second one was unless, of course, you'd like to make a uh, a statement about how you feel about these two uh, <laughs> joining good. in marriage today. That's very good. I think that's really good. I do remember you telling me that at the time because you were outraged. It was crickets. It was uh, absolute crickets. <laughs> I think that's very good. Um, that 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 went so badly that I actually got a somewhat of a death threat at the end of the night. <laughs> really? <laughs> Wasn't one of my great moments. <laughs> In sixth century Europe, people congratulated anyone who sneezed because they believed the person was expelling evil spirits. Now I've seen what comes out of your nose, and you cannot tell me there's not some evil spirits in there. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> it's a- Shameful, shameful substance. <laughs> I read that the the God bless you was kind of in the bubonic plague when, yeah, because there wasn't really a cure for it. If someone sneezed, someone would say, God bless you, as in, you need all the hope you can get, buddy, because you got the plague. That was... Um, yeah, right. It's like good luck. the way I read it. Do you know when you, whether, when you see a, a study with animals that... You kind of yeah, sometimes you kind of like to forget that you are an animal, mm. like you think oh, I'm better than an animal, and then when you you think about it, and often we just kind of come up with all these thoughts and reasonings and rationale for why we do things to make them sound sophisticated, but at at its heart, we're, we're just kind of like animals. 
And in the late 40s, um, B.F. Skinner, one of my favourite uh, psychologists. B. Skin, yep. Um, when I was at uni, I did a, I did a presentation on behaviourism or behaviour management. And I did a quiz at the end of it called Who Wants to Be F. Skinner? Ah, uh, good. Well, Skinner's famous thing. Pretty delightful. Uh, he was operant conditioning, so he was reinforcement. You know, you do something, something positive happens, you're more likely to do it. Yeah, right. Um, pretty good. But he... Pretty accurate stuff. It's pretty solid. Pretty yeah. solid from, from the skin man. Um, and he did an experiment where he noticed with pigeons when he would feed them at regular intervals, whatever the behavior the pigeon had accidentally performed before the pellet fell down, they were more likely to repeat. So he had all these pigeons doing bizarre things like turning around three times or kind of bobbing their head in different directions because that's what they had done before the pellet came down. And that was, it's kind of like the classic way of, of how superstitions work where it, obviously the spinning around has nothing to do with the pellet falling down, but that's just the association is all it takes for that behavior to stick. Skinner. What a He's theory. Good. He's very good. Bloody good Skinner. What's BF stand for? Best friend in my books. <laughs> <laughs> Best friend Skinner. Love Best that friend. guy. <laughs> <laughs> Should be BFF Skinner. <laughs> one, one of the superstitions that I, I always find a bit awkward, and particularly as an adult, is when you and you're cutting a birthday cake or any kind of cake, and it cuts the cuts to the bottom, and they say. Oh, tell us who your girlfriend is. Yeah. You know, there's moments where you can never think of anything witty to say. Do people still say it to you? People say all those kind of things where you just, it just, you know, you just heard it a thousand times and you just can't think of anything clever to say in response. So you just kind of go, because <laughs> 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 people um, do say it like they're like, it hasn't been said in 50 years or something. Like, uh, yeah, I gotcha. Like, Who's your girlfriend? Yeah. It's those those kind of comments or conversations where it's like the first time it's ever been said. It's, they're always interesting. And you um, know, my, my other theory about people at... You know, certain people at um, birthday parties, I just... I can tell I don't like. And usually the one signal for me that I don't like someone is at the end of singing happy birthday, the first person that says, hip, hip, hooray! Like the first person that says hip, hip. I'm like, I don't like that guy. Because there's two types of people in the world. Someone that will say hip, hip straight off and then someone who doesn't. And then you've got the battle of the hip-hips when there's like two of those guys at the same room and they're trying to out-hip-hip each other. It just turns into a mess. <laughs> it's just too much kind of leadership confidence the bloke that steps up with the first hip-hip. Oh, way too much. Don't like it. Do not like yeah. it. It's like, I'll, I'll take it from here, boys. Hip-hip. <laughs> it's like, like Napoleon. He would be a hip-hip man. <laughs> Any of those generals... Winston Churchill, he's a big hip hip man. <laughs> it's Hitler, oh, big. Oh, way hip too man. big. He was just <laughs> Hitler, I used to call him. Hip Hitler. <laughs> yeah, I've got a mate who, when the happy birthday is being sung, he does what he calls the phantom hip hip, where he'll do the first hip hip and get the hooray. He'll do the second hip hip and get the hooray, but he won't do the third. <laughs> And everyone just kind of stands there awkwardly, not knowing what to do, and they just kind of like just filter out of the room. It's, uh, that's genius. I think that's that's very good. It's so good to see it in action. Have you have you seen it in person? I've seen it a couple of times, and people genuinely get 
confused and distracted and they don't know what to do. What does he do, though? Does he just sort of disappear into the night or does he just stand there and... He just submerges, in, submerges into a bush like Homer Simpson. <laughs> yeah. <in there. laughs> Alrighty, so that is Superstitions. Uh, I reckon the best line from Don, the creation of a false certainty is better than no certainty at all. Alrighty, we'll catch you next time. See ya. See you next week.